Welcome to the How to Love Yourself No Matter What podcast. My name is Amanda Hess, and I am a certified life coach. If you are like me, you know that self-love is important. But did you know that it's the number one thing missing when it comes to creating a life you love? Listen in, friend. I'm going to share all my secrets because you deserve to love yourself starting now. Okay, so this might sound a little bit weird today, and that's okay. I am going to be recording this episode, and I'm going to be recording it today from my car because life happens, and the recording for this podcast is due, and I need to get it done. So we're just going to do it. We're just going to do it right now. So I apologize if the sound quality isn't what you're used to. But I promise you, this is still going to be a really amazing episode. So let's get right into it. Okay. Today, I want to talk about emotional safety. And what I really want to impart is the importance of creating emotional safety for yourself. So a lot of times when people come into my world, when women start coaching with me, when my clients begin their work with me, they are in a place in their life where they are not emotionally safe. And what I mean by that is they're experiencing scary emotions like fear, anxiety, self-doubt, but they're, they're increased. They are so strong, these emotions, that they almost feel like they're going to take over. And so they have been basically living their lives for the last year, five years, 10 years, sometimes longer with this emotion sort of under the surface. So some of them are right deep in it. They're right deeply into the pain of this deep emotion. And some of them are surviving, but parking that somewhere where they don't have to look at it. So they've figured out how to survive but they haven't figured out how to thrive. They haven't learned how to live properly. And what I mean by properly is live in a way that feels connected and vibrant and like themselves. So frequently when women come to me, what they say to me is, I just don't feel like me. And I don't even know if I've actually ever known what that feels like. I don't know how to create this. And so I was really considering how I help my clients at the beginning when they come to me and they're in this state, where do we start? And that's what I thought I would impart to you today is that the very first thing I do with every single client, no matter who you are and no matter where you are on this journey, is I start with figuring out where do you feel emotionally unsafe and how do we create emotional safety for you. That is my number one goal for you when we start coaching. Now, I want to explain the importance of this because too often what we think is that we can just run over top of this and that we don't need to get to this emotionally safe level to be able to create a great life. And I think what ends up happening for a lot of my clients is on the surface, 
they do look like they have a great life. Many times I have clients come to me and they tell me that so many other people identify their lives as being fantastic, that other people seem to think that they're completely fine, that other people would say that they're doing great, but they don't feel like they're doing great. Underneath, they don't have the experience of their life as everything is going great. And so what can happen is there's this disconnect then, right? There's this disconnect of what is real for what they're showing the world, but what is real for them? And it's because this emotional safety doesn't exist. Now, I want to talk to you about this show that I've been watching. I'm sure you've heard about it. It's been on a lot. It's old. It's called Alone. And if you haven't watched it, I will give you the general premise. I've only started watching season one. My family always tries to find, we try to find a family-friendly show that we can all watch together that is super interesting for all of us and that is, you know, age-appropriate and can be fun to watch. And so we like reality shows because we like to, like, bet on participants. (laughs) So we choose our person and then we go all in on that. And then there's just this sort of family bet and you have a little skin in the game and it makes it super fun to watch the show. But we're watching alone. We're watching the very first season. And basically what happens in the show is these people are transported to Vancouver Island. Um, They're on a part of Vancouver Island, I suspect the northern part, where they have no real access to anything that would be considered normal living. Now, these people are trained survivalists. So they pick these 10 men in this season. I don't know if there's women in, you know, further seasons along, but they pick these 10 men that are trained survivalists. And what they're doing is they are basically trying to be the last person standing surviving in this environment. And so I I love that this is in Vancouver. And if you're not from Canada or if you're not familiar, Vancouver is in British Columbia, which is the province in which I live. It's on the West Coast. And then Vancouver Island is just off of the main province. So it's sitting right in the Pacific Ocean. And it's, you know, fairly northerly where they are, although I don't think it really snows or anything like that there. What it does do is it rains. It rains a lot. I can't remember the average rainfall there, but it's immense, like nothing that I've ever experienced, that's for sure. And so they're in this rainforest um, in Canada, up north on this island where there are bears and there are cougars and there are wolves and all the other things. And they have to try and, you know, do the basic survival things. So they come in, they need to, you know, erect a camp, they need to start fire, they need to find clean drinking water, and they need to be able to make you know, boil it so that it's actually drinkable. They need to do all of these things. And as these guys move in and start setting up their camps, it is super, super interesting to watch their brains take over. So some of them walk in and they just allow for all of the things that are happening and they really have some anchoring points for themselves. So they know, okay, I need to erect this shelter And this is what it needs to look like. And this is where I'm going to put it. And this is why. And they're very understanding in their mind of how they want to create that for themselves. And then some of them are very reactive. So they're noticing that it's super wet and that they're in this rainforest and there's a lot of trails built in like wildlife corridors. So they understand that they don't want to be on the wildlife corridor because that's where predators could potentially be. But they have a hard time getting together how they're going to build a shelter. And what they sort of come in with is this idea of building a tent. Um, But it's a very, you know, 
rustic kind of tent. It's sort of like a tarp over a rope is what they're putting together. So as they're continuing on and doing all of these things, within the first 24 hours, I think one person left within 48 hours, three people had left. I mean, just people kept leaving. And what was super, super interesting about this whole thing is how as soon as these people, as soon as these guys decided that their life was in danger, that's when they were out. So for instance, one guy had some bears sniffing around his tent. And granted, his tent was not the most secure thing in the world. But if you really know about bears, <laughs> I know I've talked about them on this podcast, so I'm not judging this. I'm just noticing it. If you know about black bears in particular, which these are, they're not grizzly bears, um, they, they are pretty curious. Uh, they're fearful of humans. And they really have no interest in interacting with us or eating us. That's the truth. Um, black bear attacks are very rare. They tend to stay away from us. The only time that a black bear would really attack you is if you got between it and its cubs or it had started getting so familiar and comfortable that it identified you as a food source. But in this particular setting, it's pretty unlikely, right? So this bear is checking him out or this group of bears and they are you know just checking him out it's the middle of the night and he starts getting really freaked out and you could just see when his survival brain kicked into gear you could just tell when he was like yep i'm out my i'm not doing this anymore because i feel like my life is in danger and as he was leaving the island and the rescue team came and got him like the sky is crying and he is full-blown survival mode because as soon as he thought he was going to die boom survival brain kicked in he had no logical thought anymore he had no ability to access logic he couldn't think about anything other than i think i'm going to be bear food and i need to go so we watched this happen over and over and over again so now we've watched however many episodes and now there's six people gone there's only four people that remain and every single guy that would go to leave it was the same story all of a sudden, he would think, I'm going to die. And the minute he thought, my life is in danger, that was it. He was out. And you could see them start to spin out. Like this one guy had drank water that he probably shouldn't have drank that was a lot more salt water than he should have been consuming and could have been um, having some bacteria. But he started not feeling good after drinking the water. And he went all the way down the rabbit hole of, I'm dying. And that was it. He couldn't cope. So the medical team came to check on him and he could have stayed. But he's like, nope, I'm, I can't do this anymore. My life's in danger. So the reason why I share this with you and the reason why I think this is you know, relevant to what we're talking about is because I think it's so interesting to notice how when our survival brain taps into gear, everything else shuts down. We legitimately have no capacity to think logically if we think our life is in danger. Now, when you're thinking about your life and the things that have gone on in your life, it's very likely that your life is not in danger, right? Like going through divorce, going through infidelity, going through job loss, going through midlife and realizing that you don't really know what to do and you don't really know how to do it. None of these things are life-threatening. But 
The thing is, is the things that we're thinking generate the same kinds of emotions that these men felt on this island. Because the truth is, these men still were probably pretty safe, you know, but their brains just flip that switch and our brains do the same thing. So when we start feeling emotions like fear and anxiety and worry, when we start feeling those emotions, immediately our survival brain kicks into gear. And our survival brain is an illogical brain. Our survival brain is convinced that what we need to do is we need to either fight or we need to run. So you'll notice when your survival brain is activated, that's what you do. So potentially in your relationships, you might find yourself getting into a lot of arguments and fights, right? Because your survival brain is triggered telling you, you're not safe, you're not safe, you're not safe, you're not safe. You need to change everyone and everything for you to feel safe. Or when you are, say, in that same experience, and then you find yourself not wanting to participate, running away, not actually having the tough conversations, not putting boundaries in place. You also probably find yourself buffering, right? You're drinking or you're binging TV or you're scrolling your phone incessantly. That's how your brain copes when you are in your survival brain. So why emotional safety is necessary is because we need to be able to pull out of this survival brain place. That has got to be the first step. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're trying to create, no matter if you are in the middle of the world's shittiest divorce or you are looking at your life thinking, Everything has gone right, but I still hate everything that I'm doing. It doesn't matter. The truth is your survival brain is activated. So the first thing we need to do is create emotional safety. So the way that we create emotional safety is by simply, first of all, acknowledging that we feel unsafe, that whatever emotions it is that we are experiencing on the regular What's underneath that emotion is a lack of safety, a lack of safety with ourselves, a lack of safety with being us, a lack of safety with being okay as the version of ourselves that we are in this moment. So the first, the very first step is going to be having the courage to see yourself. Having the courage to open your eyes and look and say, okay, this is what is happening right now. Because too often what we do is we try to shove that shit down. We try to park it in a corner where we don't have to look at it. We try to make it so that we are, you know, not really experiencing what we're experiencing. And when we do that, we're lying to ourselves. And that survival brain, it's still there. So the first thing is being willing to acknowledge what is happening, acknowledging what's being created, acknowledging, you know what, I don't feel safe here. And when we do that, it helps you put down the heaviness of what you're carrying around, right? Because what you'll notice is when you drop that bowling ball, of expectation and of needing to be a certain way, of people needing to be different, of your situation needing to be different, of everything needing to be different so that you can be okay. When you're able to put that down, 
that surrender, that release, you're going to start crying. You're going to like be like those guys from the show. You're going to start crying because that crying is relief. It's relief from having to constantly fight or run. And then what we do is we start building up the skill of being okay with being us. We start looking at ourselves and realizing, you know what? I have a lot of evidence for me being able to handle hardship. And it's okay to feel sad about some of the things that have happened here. And maybe I want to feel sad about that. And processing the emotions that come with all of the things that have happened to us and learning how to just be with ourselves and to be okay with not being okay. When you do that, what you end up creating is safety. And once you are safe, once you really and truly feel safe with yourself, that's when you will open your brain up to being able to have logical thought. That's when you'll be able to open your brain up to being able to discover what you like and what you don't like. That's when you'll be able to open your brain up to, hey, you know what? I'm going to set this boundary here right now because I'm good. I'm okay with being me. I like who I am. I enjoy how I show up. Because how you show up doesn't matter. Liking it is whether or not you want to have your own back. So I want to wrap this up for you so that you can start digging into simply asking yourself very important questions, such as, how is it true that I'm actually okay right now? Such a great question to ask yourself. Ask your brain to start looking for the evidence of that. Start building the safety of, I'm actually okay. Another question that you can ask yourself is, what is the most nurturing thing that I could do for myself right now in this moment? How can I take care of myself right now? What can I do for me right now to make myself feel better that's nurturing? Because as you start asking yourself these questions, you start building this toolbox of safety. You start building this cushion around you like, oh, I can just relax because I'm actually totally fine. Nothing has actually gone wrong here. I am going to be okay. My life's not in danger. I've got this. I've got myself. This is what will allow you to be able to go out in the world and live this amazing, beautiful life. Because what it really starts with is understanding that your life is beautiful already. As soon as you can start building the skill of being able to see that. Now, listen, this is a skill. This isn't something we're taught. This isn't something that we've, you know, learned in school. So this is a practice. This isn't something that you do perfectly. This is something that you do step by step piece by piece, I'm just going to build a little bit more emotional safety for myself. I'm just going to take one more step to build up this safety for myself. One step at a time. One step at a time into having your own back, into nurturing yourself, into being with you. The more that you do that, the more connected you become to your life, the more 
creative you become, the better relationships that you have. It all comes together. Now, my clients are doing this. We are doing it together. I am helping them to create this. And every single one of them, when they are done coaching with me, they create it. So I want to offer you, if this is something that you want to create, if you are simply ready to start living your life in this way, to start building that emotional safety for yourself, if you realize that this is what you want to do before doing anything else, and I promise you, it really is, then head on over to the show notes and book a consult with me. Let's talk about how you can start building emotional safety today so that you can start having that right now. Okay, my friend, I hope you have a beautiful day. I will talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can look forward to a new episode of this podcast every week. And hey, if you like this podcast, you are going to want to join my free Facebook community where I offer daily training and support. You can find it at joinamanda.ca. And if you are really ready to start changing your life, why don't you book a free consult? I promise you, you can start feeling better today. Head on over to the show notes to set that up.